Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight's show is a very important one because we're talking about Purim and some of the things that come up on Purim for all of us, specifically the mitzvahs and how to fulfill them properly uh, to fulfill all the four mitzvahs of Purim. But uh, tonight's show is also a, uh, an important, uh, it's important for us to concentrate on the, uh, the radio station for which where we are, where we're broadcasting from, where this is uh, emanating from over your, you hear it on the internet, you hear it on the telephone, and the, uh, the station needs your support. So I would like everybody to try, if they can, to make a contribution uh, you know, we're giving out at the, at the Purim time, call a Poshet Yad. Okay, so we're not speaking to you on Purim, but call a Poshet Yad at this particular time of the year. You know, you get so many requests before Pesach to give donations. And uh, some of these are for organizations that very, do very good work, but you've never met them. You don't have anything directly involved with them. You don't have any benefit from them. Obviously, an organization that you have a benefit from, you have more of a chiyuv to be helping. And if you'd like to make a contribution, you could send it to 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn 11229. Again, make it to check out the J-Root Radio 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229, or you can just text us and we'll be in contact with you. Text to 347-927-8398. You could do it right now. You could do it uh, later on, but don't make sure to do it. 347-927-8398. So our program tonight is about Purim. And obviously, the mitzvah, mitzvahs of Purim are well-known. Everybody's familiar with the mitzvahs. The question is, how do you perform them? They're not as simple as everybody thinks. We've gone through this in previous years, and we're going to do briefly about the mitzvahs again, and then we're going to go off and discuss some specifics, which we've never talked about before, some things that I saw recently, very, very interesting, and I think you're going to come away with a different kind of Purim this year. Now, everybody knows the four mitzvahs of, the, of Purim. They're hearing the Megillah, giving out the Shalach Manas, giving Matanos Lev Yonim, and having the Sa'uda. These are the four mitzvahs. Now, reading the Megillah, obviously, is at night and then during the day. So, uh, you know, it's a... It, 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 it's one that everybody uh, participates in. And you, I think people who don't even know the rest about Purim that do try to go to the Megillah reading. But not everybody who goes to the Megillah reading gets the mitzvah of Mikra Megillah. The main necessity is to hear it. Now, if you sit in the back row, the chances are you won't hear it. I don't know what goes on in the ladies' sections in the shuls. I don't know how far back they are. I don't know how many ladies do hear and how many ladies don't hear. My guess is that some of the ladies don't hear. In the men's sections, I think the same thing happens because if the boy in front of you has a cap gun and he's shooting it off, or better yet, he has a trombone, and there are even boys with cymbals, and the cymbals, I don't mean the symbol of a kashra symbol, I mean a symbol that bangs in your ears. If they're using those kind of things at, your, at, at, the, at the blowing, of, at the reading of the Megillah, it's very, very hard to be outside. 
Now, when I was a kid growing up, they, they said it once. They said Haman and bang, and if you, and some boys was you know were were uh, were in a rush, and they got the Haman before the Balkari got the Haman, and then you couldn't hear anything. In today's world, they repeat the name Haman, and everybody's at tzaddik, and they keep quiet when they repeat the Haman, so they do hear the word Haman. But there's plenty of other good things going on, and sometimes the kids are talking, and uh, you know it, it really doesn't lend itself. The way uh, uh, the with the decorum that we have in some of the shoals, it doesn't lend itself to be able to hear the Megillah. Plus, the fact that the Balkare is only a human being and he's standing in one place, and if it's a big shul, it's very hard to hear it all the way in the back. So, my shita is, and I recommend it to everybody here, and if everybody listens to me, we won't be able to do it, but no one, not everybody listens to me. You know, I have a fellow, uh, somebody spoke to me recently, and he said, I listen to you every Monday night. I'm having supper, and I sit there and listen to you. I don't do everything you say, but I listen to you. He says, if I did everything you said, I wouldn't have a full refrigerator. Okay, but tonight we're not talking about what to eat and what not to eat. We're talking about how to do the mitzvahs of Purim. So if everybody would listen to me and go to the front. Now, the women can't go to the front, but they can go to the front of the section that's the ladies' section. And they could stand there, and even maybe they don't have a seat, and they'll they'll be able to be outside. And the and the men should go up right near where the balkare is, and 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 you'll be able to hear him. And even if the kids are making noise, they'll be in the background, and you'll be in the front. And this way, you will be outside the mitzvah a hundred percent. Also, if you stand up during kriyas Megillah, even if you don't normally stand during let's say you're in kriyas Torah, but if you stand up for the mikra Megillah, you're also going to have better attention span. So it's a you know it's a long laning, and with all the interruptions, even longer. And you're hungry at night, and you're tired in the morning, and there's all kinds of things, and there's noises in the background. I've heard Sullivan going outside, you know. So you you can really have a difficult time paying attention to the Mikra Megillah. But if you do stand near the Balkare it makes it a lot easier. And that's what I believe that I try to do. There's another thing as a secret, I'm not going to tell everybody out loud, but there is such a thing as a shul where there is no noise for humming. Now, I've gone for many years to Rabbi Victor Miller's shul, and now subsequently, now when he passed away, so his grandson, Rabbi Brock, took over. And over there, till today, there is no clapping for humming. They say that if you want to clap for humming, Go downstairs after the reading of the Megillah, and you can clap as much as you want. Uh, but it, there's another shul I know in Lakewood. It happens to be Rav Simcha Bunim Kohn shul. Just accidentally, he happens to be the grandson, or is married to the granddaughter of Rav Vigdor Miller. And in his shul, they only clap for Haman in the, the first one and the last one. And this lets the kids get it all out of their system. And uh, yeah, the, the one or two times, it doesn't uh, kill the, uh, the laning. I was there some, some years back, and uh, I mean, a couple of years ago, maybe it was, I don't know, three years ago or something. Um, it was a little longer. And I, and, I, um, and I heard the Megillah over there, and Rabbi uh, Simcha Bunim Kohn got up and made an announcement that he finally found a source for his minig. I mean, obviously, his grandfather 
was having no hummins, no no noise for humming whatsoever. And this one of having the first one, the last one, you know, of, of, of some kind of uh, pshara, some kind of, uh, you know, uh, combination deal that, that he found a safer that said it and he announced it. And was, of course, he was very happy that somebody <laughs> was doing that, you know, and it's mentioned in Swarm. But in, in reality, it's very, very rare. And I don't think I could suggest that anybody else take it on. You need the right kind of grouping, you need the kind of rov. And, you know, the right kind of kids and the right kind of parents. Everyone should cooperate with it. But you could go close and listen. There's another trick, and, uh, and many people do use, lose this trick. And I'm going to tell you it, it's not very, very difficult, but it, it, it has its uh, pluses and its minuses. Many women don't go to shul for the, for the Megillah laying because they're taking care of children and all the reasons that they can't go to shul. So they go to a uh, to somebody else's house where the husband is lay, is reading the Megillah for his wife, and a number of ladies come there. Not too many, maybe five, maybe ten. Not too many go into those houses to hear the Megillah reading, and the no there is no noise except if the kids make noise, and obviously they're controllable, and there's only a few people, there are only a few there. And I suppose you could make a sign if you didn't hear the uh, the humming. They couldn't hear the words properly. And he's all standing right near or sitting right near the reading the Megillah. So that's one way that women could be sure to be yotze, the, the, the uh, reading of the Megillah. The problem with that is that not every husband is an expert balkari. And sometimes they may, it could be they make mistakes. It could be they're not clear. It could be they, they don't know the trump very well and they stutter a little bit and they stammer. So it could be anything. But if you happen to know a decent Balkare was laying for his wife, that's an excellent opportunity to be outside the, the, this important mitzvah of Mikra Megillah. So that takes care of at night in the morning. And in the morning, there's a special halacha that when the brachas are said, the, uh, the brachas are said, the shechiyana was said, it goes on all the mitzvahs of the day. The mitzvah of matanas Lavyonim and shalach manas and the su'ud, everything is, it, that bracha is going to be a shechiyana on the entire mitzvahs of the day, all the mitzvahs together. So that's something that uh, people have to be aware of and have that in mind. Very often it's announced. In some place they announce it in Yiddish. So hopefully uh, the people understand the Yiddish or maybe in some other mamaloshan. Whatever it is, you should know that that's what you're supposed to have in mind when you hear the Shechiyano, that it goes in the mitzvahs of the day. Now, you want to have the Su'uda. This year is a big bracha. From Shemayim, we have a, an, an, easy, uh, an easy Purim day. You have a hard uh, Tanis Esther, but we have an easy Purim day in that on Purim day, we, we can have the Suda pretty late. So there's plenty of time during the day to do all the mitzvahs of the day. But still in all, there's, there's, there are many people who try to have the Suda in the morning. And, and the reason I'm going to give you some understanding of why to have the suit in the morning. First of all, there are svarim that say that you should have a suit in the morning with fleshics, et cetera, all the, with the drinking, and et cetera. There are those who say that, uh, you know, any time during the day is fine, and in the afternoon is fine, but it should really be 
that the Iker Su'uda, the main part of the Su'uda, the most of the Su'uda should be consumed before nightfall, which is really not the, what people do on most days. But most Purims, they, they're, they're up against the, the, time, the clock between the, all the, the taking the kids to the Rebbe's and the Moras and taking the, and, and giving out the Shalch Monas and finding some Aniyim to help and, uh, and catching a Mincha and the, and the people are coming from out of town until you sit down. Very often it's close to the Shkia and you're lucky if the person got a Kazayas of bread and probably no meat and probably no wine before Shkia. So it's not a very good deal all years, but this year it's not a problem. Just don't plan the Sa'uda for 6.35. Make it in a decent time where you, a person will be able to eat a little bit, at least a little bit of meat and drink some wine, at least something significant, a couple of ounces, something to give him a little high, and let him do all of that before Shkia. It's nice if you do the whole, most of the Suda before Shkia, but if you don't, that's fine. Now you at least be Yotze the mitzvah properly this year. But what about this? Some people want to have a Suda in the morning, and, and, there's a, and there are some reasons why this is a good idea. One, idea. one reason is because a person really wants a drink, and he wants to get a little bit high. He doesn't want everybody seeing how he behaves, and he wants to make sure he doesn't misbehave, and he wants to uh, go to sleep afterwards. You can't, and it's very not very convenient when everybody's coming to visit your house that you'll go to sleep for an hour or two in the middle. That would be a little bit uh, strange. So if you have a suit in the morning, you avoid that. The technical problem with having a suit in the morning is you're supposed to fulfill the other mitzvahs of the day. You're supposed to do all three mitzvahs to hear the Megillah, Give matonas levionim, give sholach manas, and then have the suda. So how can a person do that by 10, 11 o'clock in the morning? The answer is, if you find a few people, let's say, if you're in the shul to daven, bring along a couple of sholach manas and give it out right there. Matanas levionim, run over to the rabbi after the davening and give him some money. And very often in the shuls, they're collecting matanas levionim right there in the shul. Now, it leaves us now the famous question about the women. And I will also add the children. This is one of the biggest issues of Purim, and this is one of the ones I think many people have difficulty with. First of all, Matanas Levionim. Most of us don't see a real poor man on, on Purim, uh, so, so we see some people collecting. But a lot of times they're collecting for interesting things, but not necessarily for Aniyim. And even if they're collecting for a generally an aniyam, do you still have to have your wits about you in order to perform the mitzvah? The basic mitzvah is to give money to the you know to aniyam, to aniyam, and you have to give enough money that it's it's mekayim the mitzvah of matonas levionim. So you need two aniyam now. Uh, you have to make sure because sometimes people collect for one ani or one family. And according to many, one family is one oni, even though it's many people. So you really need to have two different sets of aniyim. And, and the person who's collecting should be collecting for two of them, or you have to give 
to one and then another to the other. You have to find another person to give to. So now that that's your problem, you have to find, make sure, are you giving to two anim? You can ask the person, who are you collecting for? What? Give me an idea what you're collecting for. And then very often you'll be able to find that you're giving to two or more anim. And the right thing to say is, I want that my money go to two anim and divided in half. In other words, uh, let's say I'm giving $20, which is, I think, a, a, an appropriate number, 20 or $25. If you want, we'll discuss it in a minute why we came with that number. And then you get, say, you're going to give $20, $25 to, for Matonis Lev Yonim. So now you tell him, put 12 and a half in for one and 12 and a half in for the other. Now, he is not going to sit there and take count pennies out and this. He's not going to do that. But at least he says, okay, 12 and a half is on this one and 12 and a half is on that one. Uh, yes, I'm doing that. So it, even though uh, we don't see it, you know, in, in, in we're not putting quarters into a little machine, we're not, we can't tell you where, but we're, at least we're trying to, as we say, earmark Twelve and a half dollars for one, and earmark twelve and a half dollars for the other one. And this way, we accomplish the mitzvah of matanas levyonim. That you have to find that person in shul. If you don't find him in shul, then you have to run and look around for him. What about giving the money before? So giving the money before is not a great idea. Uh, we're going to discuss how you do it, and plenty of people collect the money before Purim, and we're going to discuss how to do it. And then there's another thing about people giving money after Purim. They put the money down on the table and say, this is miyuchet for Matanas of Yonim. I'm giving it to Tuaniyam, maybe even have the names of the organization, but I'm going to deliver it afterwards because I don't have any representative here to be able to get to, the, to give it away today. In some shuls, there are signs, give to this person. Sometimes the rabbi collects. Sometimes there are certain people who come to the different shuls. In the shul is the easiest place to give out on Purim morning. What about if you can't, or you want to do, you would want to do it before Purim? So the the appropriate thing is to say to the man, "I'm giving you twenty five dollars for two aniyim, divided up, and uh, and I'm not I'm not I'm making you a shaliach. I'm making you my agent." to give it out on Purim. And now he becomes your agent. So even though the mitzvah isn't, there's no mitzvah of Matonas Levyonim on a, a day before Purim, the mitzvah of Matonas Levyonim only exists on the day of Purim. So, uh, but this, you're making him an agent to do it. I'm making a shliach to fulfill a mitzvah. But it's not as good as giving the money out on Purim itself, and, 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 and of course, that they should distribute that money or, or food or whatever it is on Purim Day. I mean, these are the, that's the, the prime way, and in many places they're able to do it. How are they able to do it? Let's say, for example, it's for Israel or it's for somebody in whatever it is. How do they get over there? They're not going to get over to bring a package to Israel or money to Israel. So the way, it, the way it's done is that the person says to the organization or whatever, I'm going to give on Purim Day this much money and, uh, you know, approximately, whatever. And when, I, when you give him the money on Purim Day, you're buying a slot of that money that was assigned to be given. And that's how some of the people do it. So you can discuss it with the people involved. Now, 
And we're coming to the question now about the women. This is a big issue. There's a machlaikas. I'm going to just give you a couple of uh, opinions on it, and you can discuss it with your own love. Some people hold that a woman is potter and does not have to give any matanas levyonim if she's married, because she's, uh, her husband is doing it for her, and uh, she's yotze with, with her husband. Others hold she, do, she doesn't have to give. Uh, uh, the pre-chadash says uh, that a married woman has no responsibility to give matanas levyonim. The Aruch HaShulchan, I believe, also holds that way. However, uh, and then some people hold that a, uh, that a married woman can fulfill the mitzvah by her husband doing it without even telling her about it, just giving the money. And, but many people, the Mugan of Rome holds that you, you, a woman, even a married woman, should, be able, should give, give matanas levyonim. Now, of course, an almana or a woman who was not married, she's supposed to give. Now, how does the woman give? She's not going to shul, or she does, she's not davening the men's section. She doesn't necessarily see the man. So she has to make a shliach, somebody to give it over there. So what the easiest thing is to do is like this. A man it wants, it was married, so he goes over, and he t- says to somebody there, here's $25. I want you to take this $25, and it's for my wife. I want you to be kind of it for my wife. Now, let me have it back a second. Then he gives it to you, and I'm going to give it now to uh, to the rabbi. Now, why did he do all this stuff? Because the money isn't the wife's. So let the wife give you $25 in your home. She'll give you $25. The question is, who really owns that money? There's a technical, I'm not going to go into it now on the radio, but, the, but basically when you, you, you are, w- w- uh, the money in the family the, even though the woman handles the money and she gives away money and buys things, but in, in reality, halachically, a lot of that money is really her husband's and not technically hers, even though she spends it. So, uh, so the question is, if she gives them, if the money is given and she hands her husband $25, she, she may be just giving back his $25. So it, the best way is where the husband is miyached, he takes money and he gives it to somebody else to be kind of that money for his wife, and then he takes that money and gives it to the rabbi. That's the way, that's, that's the most recommended. And the same thing applies to single girls, because they're not going to slay the rabbi. Maybe the single girl's working, so let her give you the $25. It's, it's her money, she worked for it, and, uh, and, and, and she can give it that way, and you, you'll deliver it to the rabbi. Or, uh, let's say a child, He's passed bar mitzvah. He's passed, let's say, chinuch for so, and bar mitzvah for sure. As a young boy, doesn't have that money. In our day and age, I don't think that everybody's giving out um, to their kids, you know, allowances. And even if they do, it may be halachically still the father's because he's samich al shulchan aviv. So it's not such a simple matter for the kid to give away his own money, and therefore let the father do it. Now, how much, the, I'm, I'm using the number $25. How did I come to that? I'm going to discuss that briefly. The $25 is lavdafka. I made it up. But there's a, there are three-way machlaikas about how much money you have to give. So one approach is the marshaw, who holds that you should give out a respectable amount, something significant, 
Now, that's probably much, much more than my $25, something significant. That the Marshaws and Chidush Yagadas and Megillah Daf Zion Amud Aleph. And, and uh, you'll find it over there in the Shadar. Anyway, that's the uh, Marsha. There are others who hold that, like there's the, the Zeri Yaakov who's mentioned in the Pischei Tshuva, and he says, and that's, uh, and I see, I see, and he says, uh, that's Shintes Dalid Sif Aleph in the, uh, based, based upon the Zeri Yaakov, you'll find it in the Pischei Tshuva. So he says three slices of bread to each one of the two people. So that's not much money. Maybe a dollar or two. I don't know what we're going to call three slices of bread. Two people, six slices. I suppose if you're using white bread, if it's, you know, maybe it's a dollar. I don't know. We, it's not very much money. And then there's a third shita, which is the Ritvo, who says that a pruta, a pruta, not a penny anymore. A pruta is a small amount of money. Let's say it's worth 5, 10, 20 cents. I don't know. You have to find out the value of the silver. It's your do. If you'll check it up, uh, you'll find out how much is a pruta today. Maybe it's a quarter. Maybe it's a, a dime. I don't know. But whatever it is, it's not very much. And for a dollar, you, you get uh, more than two prutas worth. So that's not a very difficult thing. But it's recommended to work with this marsha. And um, it, it's, it seems to be uh, much more understandable that it should be something that for a small meal, the kafa chayim and the shari tshuva bring, both bring that down, that it should be what they call a small meal. Now, the way I was taught is that a small meal, it's purim, you should have a fleshka meal. So if you go to a store and you want to buy a sandwich, a salami, a bologna, pastrami, uh, this and that. You, I mean, you, you, twelve and a half dollars. You're not going to even buy all of that, plus the soda or something. You're not going to get it really. You can get a salami bologna, maybe you know at that at that price in many of the places. I just passed by a uh, a store in Flatbush, a restaurant in Flatbush, and they had outside outside said that for yeshiva bacharim, ten dollars and certain amount of cents for uh, a meal. And it's a fleshika place, I believe, and uh, for, for during lunchtime. So, you know, uh, $12, $12.50, maybe you can get the guy a small meal, whether you're delivering it or you're putting it to a little plastic or, a, you know, a tin to give it to him or you send him to the restaurant. So really, you, that's a pretty small amount and you need for two on him. So I made up the number $25. You want to go higher, go higher. I really would say that that's an appropriate thing, especially when you take into account what the Rambam says. As everybody knows this, this Rambam, it's not, uh, it's not, you know, I didn't uh, discover it. The, the Rambam says, you do it like a Rambam, Mutav lo'adim laharbos v'matonas evyonim, mi'laharbos besudu v'sholach manas l'reyov. Better give matonas l'evyonim than to spend the money on your su'uda and the sholach manas. That's the biggest simcha to make these poor people happy. So 
how much we spend on on the Suda, I can't tell you. A lot of people have people over for the Suda. They're spending a lot of money. Uh, and, and as far as Matanis, uh, as far as Shalachmanis, you know that people spend a lot of money on Shalachmanis. And if we're supposed to spend more for Matanis Lavionim, so don't don't chintz on this $25. I think that's not even a, the right number. But I didn't want to say a big number. And everybody should uh, decide what the number is that they are, they're comfortable with. And they should realize that that is the eager simcha of the day that all of us are brought together, that all participating in the simcha of, of the Purim, that it's not just Purim for me, it's Purim for all of us, and that that's something that bothers you, because most of our lives we go around, we're interested in ourselves. We have a nice, we invite people for Shabbos, our friends, our kids, that's who we invite. Uh, how much do we go out of our way to the people who don't look so interesting, who are not such a happy sort, and and who we doing? We don't really have that much to do with them on a regular basis. And now, one time a year, we're going to make them happy. Can you make somebody happy for five dollars? You think the Ani is going to be really happy for five dollars? Maybe if he has two hundred and fifty people giving him five dollars, but you're not going to make him happy for five dollars. I don't know if twenty-five, uh, twelve and a half dollars is going to make him happy, but at least. You got to go a little higher than people have been going in the past, and they have to remember this Rambam, which Hilchas Megillah, Perik Beis Halachi Yud Zayin. So it's a very, very important Rambam. Now we we got through so far. Now what Shalach Manas is probably the hardest mitzvah. Why? Because Shalach Manas, everybody knows what to do. You just got to take two different kinds of things and give it to one person. Big deal. It's very simple. There's no, you're not, uh, you know, it's, everything's going to cost more than enough. You know, there's no numbers here that's, that gets nervous about if you have high enough numbers. Okay, that's be food that you would eat at the meal. Maybe it shouldn't be two candies. Maybe it should, because that's not a really of the meal. Um, okay, whatever you're going to give. Some Rebbitsons make a whole kugel with a meat, with everything. Beautiful. Whatever you're going to give, let it be something that the people could use on Purim Day. But whatever, whatever you give away, and you'll be makpid, you'll put simonim on it, you'll tell them that this is yashan and this is this, and you'll take a chryas and the fleshig oven, whatever you want to say, all the things you want to write, and the, you'll, or and all the chumras in terms of which hachshem you use, beautiful. But one thing is, a woman and a child don't own those shalach manas. Mother made the shalach manas. But halachically, they belong to the father. So what the father has to do, every single father, every single husband, take one of the shalach manas and give it to his wife and say, this is for you. Give it away to whoever you want. This is yours. And each one of the children, this is yours, this is yours, this is yours, and this is yours. That way, they'll, they'll give it out. It'll be theirs. They'll get the mitzvah shalach manas. Now, there's an Indian about whether you was a, a shliach or not. You got to give it to somebody else to hand it over to them. Okay, that's a nice thing to do for the first one, maybe, or if you want to do it all the time. But it's not ma'akev. It won't. It won't prevent the mitzvah from being shalach manas. But not owning it, just taking one out and giving it to his friend when he comes, that doesn't make it shalach manas. His shalach manas. It's really coming from the father, father. Give permission, gives permission for him to give it to that other person, but he hasn't transferred the property to the to, to the child or to the wife, and that has to be done formally. There's no big deal. Just here it is. 
This is for you. Give it out to whoever you want. Put it somewhere where I, you know, put it out of the way so no one else will take it. That's all. Very, very simple. So basically, I think we went through the, the mitzvahs of the day, and I'm going to uh, take one minute off to talk about my sponsor, which is, uh, which is Glotmart, and then afterwards, I'm going to give you a, a interesting material, I hope, and then we'll have some questions. So, but first, let me, let me just give you a few words about Glotmart. You know, Glotmart is conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. And uh, when I think of Glotmart, I think, personally, I think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. And uh, some of the items that are on sale right now, I don't have the new items that are going to go on sale after uh, starting on Wednesday, but these are on, they're on, these are on sale till uh, today and tomorrow. Long bone lamb chops, $9.99 a pound. Beef sliders, $6.99 a pound. Mahadran ice cream, regular or parva, 56 ounce, $4.99. Pashka's oodles, half, uh, that's uh, f- uh, one half ounce, five for a dollar. Lieber's animal crackers, six for a dollar. Pashka's sour sticks, two for a dollar. Bloom's mini popums, Five for a dollar. Lieber's potato chips, that's 0.75 ounces, six for a dollar. Wasatsky teas, 15 ounce, one dollar and 99 cents. That's a nice gift. So please, people, that, that's a, they're wonderful things. If you were shopping for Purim, stop into Glotmart and you'll see some wonderful items on sale. And whether you shop for a few items or for full wagon loads, you can play, save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. At Glotmart, you'll save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items that you purchase in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of the meats is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatikashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor at Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Gosh, Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M, meaning your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashras on the Air or with J-Root Radio. I just want to tell you that... Uh, uh, t- next week in Mirza Hashem, we hope to have uh, uh, one of our uh, uh, one of our regular uh, visitors, Avram Wright, who um, is uh, who, who is going to be talking about matzahs. We're talking about uh, chabura matzahs, and we had a wonderful article in the Kashrus Magazine's Pesach issue, which is already out. And that, it, and that article is about Chabur Matzahs. I don't know if I'll be able to get Elchanan Peir to come on also for a minute or two. But uh, definitely, this is something that everybody who's listening to me should take very seriously. So tune in next week. All the shows after Purim are going to be about Pesach. And we have, um, in two weeks after that, we have Rabbi... Uh, we we have uh, Rabbi Rabinowitz again from the OU who will be answering all your questions about Pesach pro- products that you need to know about for Pesach. So we have a, a full lineup, and I'm hoping to squeeze in another person there in, the, in the, one of the weeks in between. I'm not going to tell you about who it is now because we, we didn't finish it yet. We just spoke today about it. But there's some very good shows coming up, so try to tune in every week, especially from now till Pesach. You're going to find it very helpful. Now, I promised you that we're going to say some chidushim today, and I'd like to share with you 
On the topic of, of, I can't take any calls now. I need a few minutes more. Please just tell them that they'll have to call back. It'll, it'll, it's not Kadai for them to wait. Um, they, one of the biggest topics of Purim is drinking. And, you know, you probably read, Hatzalah put out a, a piece about drinking on, on Purim and making sure you're not driving and uh, you should have no more than five ounces every hour. A, a whole list of things that, uh, that they discussed. Uh, in, and that's sort of reading the riot act to you, which we've done maybe in the past. But I wanted to deal with some other topics that tie in to the drinking area. And one of them is the following. Uh, I'm going to give a few suggestions that will be very, very helpful. I hope it'll save lives, and certainly I hope it'll save people's, uh, you know, save their couches from getting ruined, and a lot of interesting things we say. And maybe we'll avoid some hangovers. So I'm going to give you a few suggestions that Siata put out. Siata is an organization, Siata Help. Um, this is a list of some items that, that you should think about. Eat a lot. Fatty foods... Uh, or foods mixed with olive oil, fried foods, starchy foods made of flour, potatoes, and rice, they're very good to counteract the, uh, the liquor, I mean the alcohol in the, in, the, in the wine. Eat burnt toast. The carbon is a, helps the digestion of the alcohol. Drink water or other non-alcoholic beverages. Don't do the sodas. Just plain things that are not soda, don't, Okay. Um, another thing you could do is avoid the real cheap drinks. They're, 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 don't go with drinking things that are junky. But try to stick to things that don't have any sugar added. Try to do the dry wines. And try to stick to one type of drink. Don't mix the beverages. Very important. Definitely don't drink wine after beer. Very bad. Don't drink too fast. And you should, he's, they're suggesting to wait a half an hour between drinks. And one drink is a glass of wine. So it's not good to have a whole bunch of wine fast because, oh, I'm, coming, I'm late. I want to get high before the Zman. <laughs> but you might, be, might not be happy with the results. You should be, after you're drinking or when you're drinking, keep trying to eat some food. That will be very, very helpful. Uh, don't drink carbonated beverages, the sodas. Stay away from that. They complicate the absorption of the alcohol. It's advisable to avoid caffeinated beverages like cola, coffee, or tea when you're drinking. Of course, if you're knocked out already and you're trying to get yourself back to things, okay, but that's slow, slowly. If you start to feel nauseous, stop drinking alcohol and drink plenty of water and eat starchy foods. These are the best suggestions that I could come up with today. And now I'm going to give you... Uh, a little bit of understanding, which I think is very, very nice. I have four. This is from Rabbi Yehuda Spitz in Eretz Israel and Or Sameach. Uh, he, we've had him on the show before, and he, I'm just giving you a few of the high points which he discussed in a note in one of his uh, most recent uh, shiurim that he, he sends out. He said that the morale from Prague and the Or Chadosh says, what's the reason we drink? to completely negate ourselves. In other words, uh, we're going to show that our existence is totally from Hashem, that we're, not, we're nobody. That's one of the reasons that's the Maharalmi Prague says. Another one, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, says that uh, at, the, at the point of drinking, we're showing that we're entirely Avde Hashem, we're servants of Hashem, 
and not B'nai Chorin to make rational decisions. So that's why we go a little irrational on Purim, because that means we're not using our head for ourselves, but we're Meshubit to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a nice pshat that Chaim Shmulevis says. The Chassam Soifer writes that our drinking L'Shem Shemayim and Purim is a way to undo what Klai Yisrael did at Achashverish's party, and uh, so and and that's that's so obviously that is a, a very strong thing that we have. To, the wine is a catalyst, also he says, to bring us closer one to another, which is one of the topics I mentioned earlier. And then Nesivus Shalom says a shot most people, most men are not going to like. He says that the Gemara says Levesume bepuria. It doesn't say levesume biyayin. It says levesume bepurya. You're supposed to get high on Purim. Not get high on the day Purim. You're supposed to get high from Purim. On Purim, a person is supposed to become drunk and with the elevated revelations of Purim, and he can't tell the difference between Orohaman and Baruch Mordechai in Zavodis Hashem, his interpersonal relationship, even himself. In other words, he has to be happy with Purim Meshuggah happy on Purim. doesn't say he has to drink until he can't, can't think. Now, I'm going to mention a few things. Again, I don't know if I'm going to alienate some of my men friends, but I can't help it. There's a, in, in Shulchan Aruch, there are two days. Everybody knows it. They don't want, they, they don't want to accept it. But one is Levesume Adelo Yoda, right? That's, they're supposed to get drunk or get very high until they don't know. My Rebbe's never showed that they were drunk to where they weren't, uh, they weren't uh, able to communicate. Rabbi Vig the Miller's as high every year. He used to dance backward. He'd turn his hat around. He would bang on the table with a, a bottle of wine. He made everybody drink. He was obviously high. You could even hear from his breathing. There's no question the man was high. But he never, ever, ever, ever lost it. I was with him for years and years. He never lost it. Yeah, my son danced on the table. He made him dance on the table. Yes, he could do poor him dicker things. And he made everybody drink. You must drink. But with a normalcy. Never showed us any time ever. And I was with him for many, many years in his house and in the shul. Uh, I, I, I never saw him in an inappropriate way. And I do remember, but I'm going to get to that in a second. So there are two days. One is that you should get a very high. And the Bir Halacha says the reason why Chazal did that, when you see that Shikris is a very dangerous thing, is because all the miracles happened that Achashverosh took care of Vashti, that uh, each part of the, the, the came about by a, a su'uda eating and drinking, drinking wine, and therefore, since all the nisim happened dealing with the with the wine, it's important for us to put ourselves into that. But it says mikomakom kolzela mitzvah velola akev. It doesn't mean you're not going to be yotze purim if you're not drunk, but it's a, it's a way of tying in to the miracles of the day. That's the, that what the Chavetz Chaim says in the, uh, in the, in the Be'er Halacha. But on the other hand, the Ramor says openly that there is a, another shita. You should drink, he says, there's another approach. You just drink more than you normally do. 
v'yashen, and you go to sleep. And because you're sleeping, he's not aware of and And this is from the Maril, which is really based upon Rabbeinu Ephraim. And, and, and uh, many people hold that that's the appropriate approach, the second shita, that we should just drink a little bit, more than normal, and fall asleep. The Rambam says the words, a person is supposed to drink wine until he falls asleep from his shikras. Now, however you're touching all this up, however you look at all these things, listen to the pre-chadash. It's very strong words. And he, he holds like this Rabbeinu Ephraim brought in the Maril. He says the following, In our generations, things are degenerating. Roy, it's Roy Lahanhig Kirabenu Ephraim, and that's the Yeshom Rim that holds you to go drink a little bit and go to sleep, because the the dar is the dar is a makukalim. I still remember, and I saw that in Sfarim it's brought down that it shouldn't come to wrong things such as nivel peh, etc., etc. I remember seeing. I could see it right now in my eyes. My roommate in yeshiva. And, you know, spurred on by everybody else to drink. And he's there on the floor. He's there on the floor on Purim. And he said something inappropriate. In my mind, it's still being said over and over and over again. And I, and I know he, when he woke up and people told him he said certain things, he felt totally embarrassed. That's not what Purim is all about. It can't be. Now, if you'll tell me somebody in this and you saw something, okay, this is my experience. This is how I learned up the sugya. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. And if you saw Gedoli Yisrael doing differently, call a kavod. I'm not going to argue with anybody. I learned, I learned on this show from the four or five years we're doing it I, that, I, that I don't argue with people. We're here, to, we're here to help you, and that's it. So now, if you have any questions, you could call the studio, 718 718- Six eight three five eight five eight. You can call the studio seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. It doesn't have to be about Purim, but we only have another fifteen minutes, so please call in now. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, and you could text us at three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. You could text at three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight, and you could also text that you'd like to donate to JRoot because of the kind of wonderful programming that we do have here on JRoot. And you could, you could do that by texting us at 347-927-8398, and we, somebody here will call you back. And if you'd like to send a check directly, do it to 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. All you have to do is write JRoot Radio, and then a lot of zeros, and then... 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. The equipment here is antiquated. They're falling apart. You may have heard sometimes of the shows not being broken up. We need your help to be able to get the equipment. I know the number. I don't want to scare anybody. We're talking about close to $30,000 to be able to get the proper equipment to replace what we have here. If it'll come, less money will come in, so we'll get cheaper equipment. We can, what can we do? It's not, I mean, it means we may use equipment. But 
We need it, and we need it now. So please take the opportunity. Uh, either text us at 347-927-8398 or send your checks to 2829 Nostrand Avenue, 11229. All right, we have one caller. Go ahead. You're on Cautious on the Air. Can I help you? Yeah, I want to ask a question. Um, my mother and father is, is in the year of all of um, this year, our mother and father, sister. So um, I want to know if 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 they there are a lot of gimshlach Well, there's different men hugim. We don't give them shalach manas. I think they do one to be outside. That's what I believe the men. I guess I don't remember right now. I'm not looking it up, but I believe they give one to be outside, but they don't. We don't give them. Well, they only have to be, give one to, to be outside. Right. That's what I, rem- as I remember. If somebody says differently, you know, I mean, you can ask your Rav. I don't remember right now. I don't have any, st- I, I have Svarim here, but I don't have time to look up. Okay? If you, okay, if you, if you have, you can ask a Rav. Or if you want to call me at the office, I'll be able to give you a better answer. The office number is 718 336 8544. Okay. Thank you for calling. Okay, you're on the air. You're on Kasha's on the air. Can I help you? Yes, I'm sorry. I missed the pre-Chadish. Can you quote the pre-Chadish again, please? <laughs> the pre-Chadish says, Kevan shahadaris mekulkolim roi lahanhig kirabenu Ephraim. That's what the, the Yeshua member in the Ramor, where he says you drink a little bit more than normal and you go to sleep. So that's what he says because of Doris and Maku call him. But I have I, this, this stronger language where it says that you shouldn't come to Lush and Horan, you shouldn't come to this Aveira and that Aveira. And, and let me ask you something. If a, guy, if a guy does get high, and can he bench? Is that really Birkas Hamazon? Can he dive in Mariv? Many of these people, I've seen them, they're, da, they're, 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 not, they're not really davening. I remember when Purim was Erev Shabbos. I still remember it like it's today. I saw this whole bunch of young men who had gotten so high that they couldn't daven Mariv like a mensch. Their Mariv on, on Shabbos, Kabbalah Shabbos, they were laughing and sillying and they couldn't. We're talking about B'nai Torah. And they acted like, I don't want to say, like clowns. They were dressed, still dressed like clowns. And they acted like clowns. And they were diving in the Frum Shul. And I'm not going to give you more details. And it was... It was abhorrent. And that is the result. It can't be that mitzvah. Whatever the mitzvah is, you have to be cleaned up in order to bench and in order to daven like a mensch. That, there's no question about that. I, and I don't, I don't think anyone can argue it. You, somehow you're going to be out, say, but that's not. Do you know that Birkas Hamazon is, is like Shimon Esrei? It's got to be treated with the same way. You can't wave to anybody, you can't motion to anybody. You have to be machavin just like a Shimon Esrei. So how can this be that we're going to let this kid, 15 years old, drink until he's, uh, he's not sober anymore, and, he's, and we're going to tell him, the bench, he's not benching. And we're going to send him Davin. He's going to say, Shema Yisrael. It looks very spiritual, but he doesn't have anything in his head. It can't be what the Chazal meant at all. I don't believe it. Okay, thank you for the question. Thank, thank, thank you very much. I will tell you, I, I once heard from Yosef Arari Raful, Rashiva Teratora. Yeah, yes. Also was, he was also speaking about <coughs> drinking, and he said that a person has to make sure that they're going to be able to bench the Kavana, the Ramadan with Haminian. There's right. no question that the, the mitzvah of drinking is not supposed to interfere with any other mitzvah. Right. And on the contrary, if a person drinks to the point where he's acting inappropriate, 
Besides, like, it's, it got a mitzvah about Bavera, the Zechul Hashem. Right. So many people are looking, and it really, really destroys the picture of what a Ben Taira is. A right. Ben is someone who acts properly in every single aspect. Uh, uh, included. A, a, a woman they, confided to my wife that she can't handle the way her husband looks. It, it kills her every year. And also, uh, I, wa- I want to say that whatever drinking on Purim is, it can't be more than a Rabbanan, because the whole mint, the whole din is a Rabbanan, but the, the whole the Purim is Rabbanan. But b- b- Shema Yisrael, the say Shema is a Daraisa. To say Shema at night is a Daraisa. It can't be that you, that you can, you know, lose it over this mitzvah and, and lose the other mitzvah. Thank you very much for and the call. Okay, just, I'll tell you that it's an avoid like any other avoid, and it has to be done the proper way, just right. like every mitzvah has to be done right. the proper and way. And that's why it's so important to have a demus of somebody who's a Talmud Chacham, and you saw him do it, and you saw him do it the right way. Now, it's true that an adult can handle his liquor more and his wine more, and, and he can do this. And it's true that a young person doesn't have all that, but, you see, he should be doing it on a different oifen, and they should be led that way by his parents when, at a time when they think he's old enough to do it, and by his rebellion. In a lot of yeshivas, they, there's hefker. And in uh, the yeshivas, there isn't hefker. And I told you what I saw from my, my Rebbe Ravigda Miller, who I was very close with for over 30 years. Now, I don't know what other people see. It could be they saw rebellion uh, who didn't act, who didn't do this, who were doing things and, and you know, things that we were saying today maybe shouldn't be done. But whatever it is, hopefully they're going to get the proper demus. Because just like the Rebbe wants to show them how to daven, but kavona. They have to show him how to do this without ruining his life. And we know that people become alcoholics also. So that's, I better not going there today. Thank you very much for the call and a frail report. Yes, go ahead. You're on Kashas on the air. Can we help you? Yeah, hi. Um, I was also, I heard that you mentioned it already about the Phil Hashem, but I want to know, like, is it if a person knows that he's too hard? to control himself. Why would he drink Abulayuda and, and throwing up on the street? There's going watching all over. I mean, uh, you it's lose more than be, you gain. Like, s- why don't we, like, more focus about that, that right. it's such a big Hashem coming out every Purim. You, you have people screaming out of the cars right. or using on the stand to go and look at it. Okay, they also have their things. But some things I think are really, especially in the community places, like, it's really, I think it's, uh, it's, Really, something needs to be brought up. I think it is. It's brought up With all the, the time, and but it's not. It, it, it ha- we need a, a coordinated effort. The yeshivas must be on top of it. All mm-hmm. these boys, you know, whether they are thirteen. But I think I think it's not only boys. I even you see married people uh, throwing up on the street or, or, or uh, screaming crazy things and. They shouldn't I think things have to have like a limit or something. You they know? shouldn't be outside for sure. For sure. Whatever they're doing. Whatever they do. Whatever yeah, they yeah. do should always be inside and shouldn't be outside. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number I, two, think, I think that people don't know. They don't realize that they do the hell last time. They don't know the oilers of hell last time. If, if, if people would know, they would be a lot more careful. Maybe they wouldn't get drunk in the first place. So what we need, you're saying, is more social pressure. I think for social and also to, to notify the people what, what it means, Chil Hashem. Like, people think, okay, I'm, I'm drunk, okay. People don't realize what they're doing, and, and therefore they're doing it. Nobody means bad, obviously. Right. I, think, I, I also don't think 
that the average person who drinks knows how he looks to the other people. Uh, mm-hmm. I think if you want to, you want to stop somebody, take out a camera and video him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won't drink the next year. Hopefully. Thank That's you very for much sure. for the call. Thank you. Thank Have you very much. Purim. Okay, you're on Kashmir Sunday. Can we help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I just wanted to say one Nakuda. Go ahead. I think it's important to emphasize that the Brichadosh lived 300 years ago. So he said it at that time, Allah has come to come today. Right, right. And, uh, and, and that, that's why I, I am, I, I'm not understanding why the... The yeshivas are not stronger about it. The yeshivas today, generally, it's not, the suudas aren't going on in yeshivas. They're going on in homes. I remember when I was in Chaim Berlin, and we had the suuda, there was a whole thing, it was in, still on Pitkin Avenue in Brownsville. And the mice is, it was there. And that's where the Bochum were, and I saw some very great people who shall remain nameless, who were Shikha, but you, did, you didn't see Vildkite. Right. And it was a different day. I mean, you're talking, right, and I'm talking about uh, over probably 55, 56, 57 years ago. So, but Lemaise's, this Nakuda, I think, has to be very strongly emphasized. You know, people here, Prichadosh, I don't think the Eilam knows who the Prichadosh was, when he was. I mean, I was talking that you're talking like at least, at least 10, 12, 13 diaries before us, if not more. Right. And at that time, you already said Nakulku. Right. The Haint was the Trade. Right, 100%. Uh, again, we, we, as but a society, it's hard to blame the yeshivas because most yeshivas don't really have a a to that extent a masiba where the guys are getting to that extent. Maybe yeshiva gedolus, but um, a lot of the shikris is bus high school. Right, but there's again the there's an acceptability to a certainly you know I don't want to go into other topics, but but uh, but people having People have problems today with the uh, with the shidduch crisis, with this, with that. I don't want to blame the yeshivas. I don't want to put anything on any yeshivas or any yeshivas. But we as a society have to come together on these issues. It can't be that people have to privately suffer. Uh, it, 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 but you're bringing up uh, another shayla. No, I'm not just. I'm just the making shayla and, and the emissaries. Whether the yeshivas today have the koyach to come together on it. Well, they do. Terms, they have the, they have it I, I, I'm not that sure. I'm, I, I'm in I yeshiva constantly. I'm not that sure. Anyway, anyway, yeah, I thank you for the call, and I wish you a, a freilich in the Purim. Okay. So anyway, I wish everybody a freilich in Purim. We have to stop. We have to, the show is over now. And if you'd like to reach us, you can do that at 718-336-8544, the office number of Kashrus Magazine. We can get you our the Pesach issue, which is a, a big guide, 84 pages, and there's, there's plenty of important material in there, which unfortunately is not in any other publication at all. So thank you very much for listening, and a Freil Kampurim.